0: It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Carney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister with the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. At the end of this broadcast, we're going to extend an invitation to you, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. We'd sure like to have you come and visit one of our services so that we can get to know you better, and you would be our honored guest. Gospel Preaching Live comes to you, hopefully, Lord willing, a couple of times each week. I try to put a lesson online for our benefits so that we can use this in our life, our spiritual life, and try to be more God-fearing and and, and be better servants of, of God, but also so we can share the gospel with other people. And you can help in this. If you're listening to this message, I don't know which means by which you're listening, but if you're listening to the message, tell somebody about the show. Share it with them. Tell them, hey, listen, there's there's some good gospel preaching being made here, and it helped me. And it can help you too. and And let them know where you heard it. And uh, you might take note at the end of the show all the the means by which uh, this show is is broadcast by. And you you know tell them about it. And help me spread the gospel to the whole world. That's our aim at the Carney Church of Christ is to be able to share the gospel with the whole world. Now, if you listen to the lesson, you have questions, comments, suggestions, uh, whatever it may be, you can, uh, you're watching on Facebook and YouTube. You can just leave a comment in the comment section and I'll be glad to respond. And I do like to uh, respond to those. I like seeing people who like the lessons and, and who share it with other people. But if you're listening through some other means, like the radio show, You may not have a chance to respond like they do on Facebook and YouTube, but you can still reach out. You can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Just keep in mind I'm in the central time zone. Or you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. I do enjoy hearing from others and Again, I need your help to get this message sent to as many people as possible. So if you don't agree with the lesson, you know, I I need to talk to you so we can find out if I need to make corrections or maybe perhaps you need to make a correction. It's nothing wrong with being wrong. What's wrong is not pursuing the truth and making changes. When we find out that we do make mistakes, that's, that's what's wrong. So I do hope that you'll uh, consider doing that. And like I said, I'd love to hear from you okay tonight's lesson we are going to talk about rules now of course if you're listening on the radio you can't see my slides that i put up when i preach but uh, i do have a slide up for those on facebook and youtube as well as those who might be watching on uh, various podcast platforms and uh, you know it kind of depicts the old wild west there's the old outlaw shooting his guns and then. Then there's the sheriff who, with his badge, and in the middle is uh, the judge who's holding up what looks like a uh, either the Bible or a law book. But uh, the emphasis is what he's trying to do is, you know, we we do need rules because uh, if you think you don't need rules, then you're living in a lawless society, and and that's never a good thing. Now Hollywood has tried to depict the Old West as a place that was lawless and. I don't know. I wasn't there. Maybe it was. But eventually, they say law came around. You know, law caught up up with them and and brought the rules of man to them, and, and they were able to live a more organized life. And I think we'll see that, and we're going to talk about that in the lesson. But there are still those today who say we don't need rules, especially in regards to our service to God. They think what's important is to be able to follow your heart. If your motives are right, you can't be wrong. And I cannot disagree with that more. Your motives need to be right, but they need to be right according to what the Lord has instructed. You need to be following the Lord's rules. And uh, that's actually, if you're following his rules, then that kind of tells me what your motives are. And so rules are important because rules help organize us. Rules help to make sure There's an order to things as in first Corinthians 14, when uh, the apostle Paul told everyone to make sure that everything was done decent and in order. uh, That means, you know, we have to be able to follow the rules. Now imagine driving down the highway. If there wasn't any rules, there'd be people coming in your lane. There'd be people going with you in your lane. And, and that would, that would just be chaos. I mean, there you, eventually you'd get to where two cars would meet each other and they couldn't go anywhere because there'd just be a big traffic jam. But with rules comes order. And with order, you got more of a flow and people can go where they need to go. And I think we can see that just by simply looking at the the rules of the road. And so likewise, with that example, we can see the purpose of rules. And that is to bring about order. Now, In Jeremiah 10 and verse 23, the prophet brings something to our attention, and it's a verse that you probably heard many, many times, but it bears repeating when we're talking about rules. The prophet says, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. So when we're talking about man being able to organize himself, as like I said, we're going to see. Uh, to establish rules of the road. Man can do that. But when we're talking spiritually, when we're talking about trying to live a righteous life, then we need to have instructions from the one who is righteous, and that's God. And so it's not in man, and that's what the prophet's making very clear. You don't have it within you to make the rules of spiritual living. You just don't have it. And if you think you have it within you, you're going to be mistaken on the day of judgment. It's not in man who walks to direct his steps. Now, another passage that's like that one is in Psalms 37 and verse 23. Now, we're going over these passages and intro to the lesson. In Psalms 37 and verse 23, the psalmist says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now think about what that one says. That says the same thing: the steps of a good man, which is what we want to be. If you're wanting to be uh, live a righteous life, you want to be a good man, and so our woman. Be that as it may, but uh, if you want to be good, then you're going to have to acknowledge the step that the fact that the way you should walk, the things you should be doing and saying, the, the these have to, these are ordered by the Lord. In other words. It's the Lord who establishes your steps. And so you need to be looking for his authority. You need to be looking toward his rules because your following his rules is going to dictate whether or not you are found to be a good person or a bad person. And so we have to accept that. That's just what the Bible teaches. Now, again, I know there are those who don't like to have people tell them what to do you know i could say i'm i'm like that myself i think most people are but we're going to have to know our place and humble ourselves at the foot of god god has the right as our creator to tell us what we need to be doing and he has for a long time had rules that man has to live by now daniel as an example in daniel chapter 9 he was giving a prayer he was sorrowful for all the sins of israel And notice what he said in verse 5. We have sinned and done wrong and acted willfully. I'm sorry, and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Rules. That's what we're talking about. The Lord has rules. And so many times people try to label me a Pharisee because I speak of the Lord's rules. But now it wasn't the Pharisees who were endorsing the Lord's rules. It was the Pharisees making up their own rules. To be Pharisaical, I guess you might say, would be to act truthfully, would be the one who makes up his own rules and tries to bind them on other people. When, if you're just following God's rules, you're just trying to be a good man. That's all that's simple. And the Lord has had rules for many, 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 well, as long as man's been here. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Uh, God had rules even in the garden. And so that was before sin entered the world, God had rules. And so we can see, you know, they, he had that rule. They weren't supposed to eat of the forbidden fruit, for instance. And uh, that is what led to uh, uh man to uh, Adam and Eve to, to sin. That was the rule they violated, which is uh, sin. And they introduced sin into the world. So, We understand that the Lord always has rules, and rightfully so. The Lord is the creator, and we are what is created. We we have to acknowledge that. Now, there are some things in life that I just want to bring up, and I hopefully, by way of introduction, we went through those points. I think we established the fact that God has rules and that we have to acknowledge them, and we have to know them, and we have to obey them. Hopefully, we've established that. If not, let me know, and I'll try to do some more work on that. But now, what I want to emphasize now is the fact how we need these rules. And I have some examples of this. And and the the first aspect that I want to talk about is our governing ourselves. And we already made an example talking about how we have rules of the highway. And uh, the Bible, though, speaks of this. And hopefully we can make some note from what the Bible teaches about government. And and one passage I'd like for you to take note of is Romans 13 and verse 3 and 4. It says, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is an authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. So here we see then that there is a purpose for rules in government. And that is the fact that the government's job is to carry out wrath on the wrongdoer. They are servants of God. And so it's imperative that these rules are reflective of right from wrong as depicted in the Bible. That's the only way we're going to know what is right from wrong. And we can see government's job is to make sure a man follows these rules. Now, we're not talking about the government telling us what church we have to attend or how we're going to worship God. But there is some basic things that the Bible teaches that government has to enforce that uh, the Lord, you know, He wants us to live a quiet and peaceful life. And we're not going to be able to do that unless government enforces rules. For instance, you know, so you can't allow one man to murder another one. There has to be punishment for that. There has to be uh, something that's going to cause others to fear carrying that uh, deed out, stealing uh, another thing that you see. Depicted in the Bible that the Bible uh, says is wrong, uh, government needs to be enforcing that as well. These types of things are are there in the Bible in place, and the government needs to be uh, punishing those who do such things. In First Peter chapter two, and verse thirteen and fourteen, we re- read: "Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man." for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king is supreme or into governors, as unto them that are sent by him, for what? For the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. And so we can see then that the Lord doesn't want these evildoers to be able to reign here on earth, to be able to have their will over everybody else. He wants them to submit uh, to some basic ideas, so that we can live a, like I said, a peaceful life. Now, the f- problem we get into is government is supposed to use the Bible to be able to determine these things, uh, what is right and what is wrong. If you go and read uh, George Washington's farewell address when he left the presidency. And he made it very clear in his speech that the Bible is needed by the government to be able to do that very thing. And so what happens when the government gets away from acknowledging God's existence and God's uh, power to command, they start making unrighteous decrees. And we read about this in Isaiah 10:1 and 2. It says, woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, that right grievousness, which they have prescribed to turn aside the needy from the judgment and take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey and that they may rob the fatherless. You know these unrighteous decrees—they're uh, not—they're uh, not good for society. And yet we see many times examples of governments doing just that. They start calling good evil and evil good, and that's never a good thing. And so we understand there's a need for government to function properly so that we can live a quiet and peaceful life. Rules are a good thing in government. Now, we also need rules in the family. The family has to have order with it as well. And the Bible speaks of this. Now, with this order comes our submission to God and His will. We understand. Uh, that we have to do things God's way. God made the family, and if we don't, if we try to reinvent the wheel, it's just not going to work. We're going to have to, if we want to have a family, have a family that's based on God's commands. If we don't base them on God's commands, then the family's never going to be what we want it to be, And, and the family can be just a fantastic thing, but look at Ephesians 6, verse 1 through 4. Notice, There are rules even with family because children are commanded by God to obey their parents and the Lord. In other words, when the parents tell you something uh, that's not sinful to do, then you're going to have to do it. You're supposed to obey your parents. You're supposed to submit. Why is that? Because rules are good for you. The parents, uh, as we're going to see a little bit later, they they are looking out for you, and the rules that they make are for your benefit, and so you need to follow those so it will help you uh, help you to grow and develop. And so we can see then that even for children, rules are good, and all too often, you see children who are being raised without rules. And what does that lead to? But nothing but uh, uh, spoiled brats and, and a, a drag on our society. They start just doing whatever they want to do, and eventually the government catches up with them and they place them in jail. And that's a, and that's, that's still a drag on society because we have to pay for those jails. We have to pay for those inmates. And uh, that's, that, can, that can hurt society. What's better for society is for those children to raise up in respecting authority and become a, an active member in society adding to it instead of taking away from it. And so children need to uh, understand that rules are good for them. Now, wives also, they are under rule. Uh, I know this is not popular in today's society, but uh, they have to understand in the Lord's order of establishing the family in Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, the wife is sub- to submit to her husband. And uh, that makes that comparison. They submit to their husband as they do the Lord. It says the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of church, his body, and is himself its Savior. And as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit and everything to their husbands. And so, uh, again, we're going to get to the husbands in just a minute, but to have a God-fearing family, uh, and I understand this is just as foreign to what many women are going to think uh, because they feel like they are equal with men and authority in the Lord's family. No, you're not. Uh, you are to submit to your husband and we should respect his rule. Now, a man has to be careful how he rules because Ephesians 5, 31 through 33 makes that very clear. He just can't have these people running around the children and the wife running around like it's slaves for him. Uh, that's that's not what the Lord wants. It says in Ephesians 5:31 through 33, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And he says this mystery is profound. I'm saying it refers to Christ in the church. And I got a lesson on that. Uh, you might look that up. But he says, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, in other words when the man takes on a wife and they become one flesh, he loves her as he does his own self. And so if he has her do something again, it's for her benefit. It's not, uh, he's not looking to benefit himself. He's having her do something that's going to either benefit her or the family. And so he can't be selfish and be making rules like, you know, Hey, you know, go out to the car and lift it up, change the tire. And, come in rub my sore feet and then bake me a pie, you know, that, that that's, that's just, that's wrong. Um, but if he has certain order and rules that he establishes, then she needs to hold to that. For instance, um, uh, he may choose to sacrifice himself as Christ's sacrifice, he may choose to sacrifice himself for the benefit of the family. And that may bother the wife because she loves her husband and she may want to sacrifice with him. But if he tells her, no, you can't do this, you need to do this yourself, uh, then she's going to have to accept what he said. I'll give you an example of this. There was a time I had when I was young, I didn't have a lot of money. I still don't have a lot of money, but I mean, I didn't have enough money for my family to go to the dentist, not all of us. And I had a toothache. But I still wanted, uh, I didn't have my son yet, but I wanted my daughter and my wife to make their dental visits, and my wife didn't want to go. She didn't think it was right for me to have a toothache and her go get a checkup. But uh, I insisted that she did that, and, you know, she ended up doing it because she had to obey. And uh, that's, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, a God-fearing man who has a family and he puts his family first and the wife and the children submit to him because they know he's making rules that are going to benefit them and help them in what they need to be doing. And so we can see that the family needs rules and every family needs a father who's going to put his family, uh, he's going to put God first and his family right underneath that in worship. We need rules. It's very important we have rules in our worship. Uh, This is a good passage, and I sure hope each and every one of you circles this, because the last verse of Hebrews 8 and the first verse of Hebrews chapter 9 makes mention of this, and so many people think you don't need to have rules to worship God. You know, we can talk about, well, we'll talk about a few other verses here in a minute, but this, this one is just a slap in the face to anybody who believes that. Because here the writer is saying about, he's talking about a new covenant, which would be the covenant that Christ established. And then he says, he makes the first one obsolete. That was one established by Moses. That's the Mosaical law. And of course, with Christ, we have the Christian dispensation. We have the, the, the covenant established by Christ. And then he says, what is becoming obsolete, which is the Mosaical law, and growing old is ready to vanish away. But then he makes this statement. He says, even the first covenant, Mosaical law, had regulations for worship in an earthly place of holiness. Now, that word even means like, like. (laughs) So he's saying the first covenant, even the first covenant had rules. Yeah. So does Christ's covenant. Christ's covenant has rules. Even the first covenant had rules. You see what we're getting at here? There are rules for worship, and we have to accept that. That's what the Hebrew writer is saying. In uh, Matthew 15, 8, 9, when Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees for the rules they make up, he made this point. These people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And we have to be very careful in our worship that uh, the way we worship God has been ordered by him. And we're not doing something according to our own standard, because John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit. And then he says, and truth. And that means according to what has been revealed in the scriptures, that's the truth. And so if we're going to worship God, then we have to be asking ourselves, "How has God told us to worship?" You know that's that's important, and that's something you need to take note of and you need to study uh, because there are many churches who do things in worship that have no scriptural authority whatsoever, or their authority has not been rightly divided. They're misinterpreting that which has been taught. It's something we really need to be careful of. And then finally, Our last point is we need rules for our good works, because too many times different people have different definitions of what a good work is, and we got to be really careful of that, and so we need to find out what is a good work according to God and then do that as he has established it. Now, Ephesians 2 and verse 10 uh, makes this point about good works. He says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. There we are. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Okay, then who makes the good works? God prepared them beforehand. So the good works are works that have been established by God. How do we know what's been established? It has to be the Bible. That's the only way we can know it. So is it up for you to say something's a good work? No. Is it up for me to say something's a good work? No, it's not. It's up for God to be able to teach us what's good. And and we should be walking in that God tells us what is good works and we have to recognize that. We need rules for this as well. In Hebrews 10:24 and 25, the writer there says, "He and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works." You see? <laughs> If, it, if it's up to us, why do we got to consider it? But he says, let us consider how to do that. And then he, he says, this is done. He says, we don't neglect to meet together. It's the habit of some. And so we come together as a church. And part of the reason why we come together, other than uh, uh, for worship, uh, which is part of it, but we we consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's one of the reasons we come together. And so how do we consider how to do that? We do that by learning what the Bible says. Uh, we consider those rules that we talked about the last part of Hebrews 8 and uh, the first part of Hebrews chapter 9. We consider those rules. And so we come together and we stir. We, you know, we, we, we consider how to do that. Uh, how to is, is important. If you want to sing as worship to God, then you're going to have to look in the Bible and see what the Bible says about that. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 through 15 says, The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness. How are we trained? By his rules. And so we're trained to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we need to be taught. We need to be taught. And then uh, we need to be a people who are zealous for good works. In other words, once we uh, are trying to consider what we need to do to be pleasing to God, we need to be zealously wanting to do that. That needs to be something that's applied to our life, and so as the Lord's people, we understand we need rules. We need rules in every aspect of our life, and worshiping God is no different, and we should be thankful that the Lord has not left us without that guidance, and that's called the Bible. Hey, if you're ever in Kearney, Missouri, come worship with us. We meet at 9:30 Sunday mornings and uh 10:30 uh, for worship, and we meet at 406 North Clark. And you can learn all about the church by going to CarneyChurch.com. You can get the phone number, uh, address with a map. You can, uh, whatever you need, you can get it at CarneyChurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., we are on KPGZ 102.7 FM in Kearney, Missouri. And if you live outside Kearney and you still want to hear this, that's no problem. They have an app. You download KPGZ's app. You can listen anywhere in the world. Gospel Preaching Live is also broadcast on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, and uh, Amazon Music, and uh, and Google Podcasts until they take that off. I think they're getting rid of it. But uh, you can listen to it there as well. And if there's a platform I don't have it listed and you want to hear it on, let me know, and I'll try to get us on. Berean Spirits is an internet show. I do want to plug it. It comes on every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time, and uh, all times that I give here are Central Time, but uh, it comes on Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. It's me and two preachers. We try to study a different topic each week, and uh, you can uh, take part by going to CarneyChurch.com, press on the Berean Spirits app, and you'll be taken to Facebook or YouTube, and you can leave comments in the comment section to be part of the Bible study, and we'll try to use those comments on the show if if they're applicable, but uh, needless to say, if you can't watch it live, past episodes are left up there and you can, it's also broadcast on uh, podcast form on the platforms we mentioned earlier, and you can uh, look for them there as well. Okay. That's all I have for you and until next time. Remember this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been gospel preaching live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, CarneyChurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.